drink and dance all night Now let's talk of diapers and pacifiers And our pants are feeling tight Bottle service with BKP Bottle service with BKP Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Bottle Service Happy to have you here, welcome, welcome This week, we are talking about such an important piece of the new mom puzzle, and that is getting back to work after baby. Like I know for so many of us, the idea is incredibly daunting, and whether you have to physically go into work or you're working from home, like it is hard any way you slice it, but it is doable. (laughs) And today, we are going to get some help from somebody who helps women through this transition every single day. Keisha Klein is in the house. She is a working mom of two boys, and she runs the account and community Career Meets Mama. She helps women with support and strategies to help them through this truly, truly challenging transition. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Keisha Klein. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super thrilled to be here. Yes, we're happy to have you. Um, This really is, it is it's a hard one. Um, it is like a very, very challenging time. Probably one of the hardest transitions like we go through in this whole process. And before we even kind of get into things, like I just want to give the audience a little bit of background on you and like why you even started career meets mama. Yeah, sure. So, uh, I basically became a first time mom in February, 2020 pandemic moms unite. And Mm. I found myself navigating all of the hard things, right? Breastfeeding, new motherhood, postpartum during this unprecedented isolation, there was no support system. There was no village. I returned to work as a clinical pharmacist in the hospital setting in May. And I still was struggling with childcare. Things were shut down. There were no lactation, uh, availability. It was just a nightmare. And I remember feeling like it just hit like a ton of bricks and pandemic or not, this is still such a huge, huge gap of support for women that are navigating this motherhood and career juggle. And so basically I just took to uh, my research, my skill set. you know, having this ability to provide that doctorate level training and pour into this area. And in the meantime, aside from knowing that we have literally hardly any evidence for women, um, <laughs> we have essentially uh, just created a village, you know, so that's where there's a community piece. I love connecting with moms that are in this space so that we're not going all of it alone. Yeah. That's one of the craziest things with this whole thing is it's like, you're just expected to figure it out. And there's so much to figure out. Like there's so many like little pieces to the puzzle of like figuring out how to like even leave your baby. Like you're just handed this baby. You know, a lot of us first time moms were like, Oh my God. And then you're expected to kind of put them down, put them somewhere else and get back to work. Like it's crazy. It's actually crazy. And it makes me sad. I mean, but this is going to be a whole other topic for a whole other episode, but like maternity leave in general, I don't think is long enough. Um, I know in my state, like, like my line of work, like I didn't qualify for any maternity leave. So it's like, okay, well either you, you don't make money, um, and you take care of your baby or you got to get back. So it's, it's pretty crazy. Right. And I think whenever we turn to support around this, it really comes down to people trying to either wear the corporate fancy career hat or the nurturing, compassionate mom hat. And I think that that's a really big struggle. We've removed a lot of the whole human 
component from this puzzle. And I think that is really the key. I mean, of course, identity shifts and figuring out who we are. It's just such a, an intertwined thing in this process. It's a, it's a mind fuck. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's a total mind fuck. And it's, it's hard because like you're trying to do, you're trying to go back to like the person you were and like the work that you were doing, which like, at least for me, like was so important. It was my baby before Mm -hmm. I became a mom, you know? And then like, it's hard to do everything well, I think is like the hardest thing. You're like, if you put too much into the work hat, you're like not a good mom. And if you put too much in the mom hat, you're like not a good worker. You know, it's just, it's so hard. So I think, um, to kind of get this conversation started, um, I think we got to talk about like even the idea of ending maternity leave. Because I was even thinking, I'm like, there's so many pieces to this. But I think like when we start coming up to the end of that maternity leave and we start getting up to the point where we're going to make that transition, there's a lot of emotions to deal with. And yes. I, I, I kind of wanted to start there. Like I know the idea of getting back to work can be really hard because you're you, you're having to you know, loosen the grip on taking care of your baby. And I think there's a lot of guilt that comes with that. Like, I'm curious, what are your thoughts around the guilt that comes with making this transition and kind of how to get around that? Totally. And my concise answer here is clear expectations. Uh, Guilt is our brain's natural mechanism that sneaks into our minds in the form of shoulds. I should be able to return on this easy schedule. I should be able to navigate leaving my baby. Why is this so hard for me? Why do I have so much feelings around this? I should be able to not have crippling anxiety whenever I physically hand my baby into someone else's arms, but I do. So that is one of those things where we just really need to work through a lot of shoulds that are happening that might not be mm. verbal, but it's happening inside of our head. So I usually work with moms and colleagues on getting just crystal clear with that feeling. So whenever you're having that feeling, you need to be having that conversation in your head. What expectation is behind this? And is it internal? Is it me that's having this expectation or is it external? Is it that I am worried that my boss is going to feel a certain way? I'm worried that my caregiver is going to do a certain thing. And so what appropriate expectation can we set around that environment? And is it an appropriate expectation or does it need modified? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say like, uh, I, I mean, just to kind of put it into practice, like I, I had a lot of guilt of like, if I'm not the person like holding my baby and taking care of my baby, like I, I'm not being a good mom. Like, let's start there. Like, if you have that kind of guilt, like about, I think, I think that is, cause that's a whole transition in, in and of itself is like letting somebody else care for your baby so that you can do, mm-hmm. you know, your work. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think that like, how would you get through that level of guilt? Yeah. That level of guilt is a, is a really heartstrings attached type of guilt and I think it's really coming down to separating. So breaking it down into those expectations your expectation and your definition of a good mom is that I must be holding my baby 100% of my time, you know? And then whenever you say that out loud, do you say, Hmm, does that make Hmm. sense when it comes to needing to go to the bathroom? Does that make sense whenever I, I haven't showered in four days and I need to go do that. (laughs) So we all are going to come down to the fact that we do have needs. Um, and it doesn't necessarily, I think we get so caught up in like, 
work is bad and momming is good. And there's a lot that can be broken down around that and say, I have needs. I have needs to be able to complete this task, whether it is a work task or taking a poop or whatever it needs to happen. And they all matter. And so, so does your baby. They're all sort of categorized, I think, in the same level of, of, of sort of that playing field of, of saying, okay, we all have all of these needs and we all have these tasks that need to get done. Um, what are we going to, what are we going to drop uh, so that whenever I'm in this moment, it's going to feel good? Or what am I going to pause and say, my baby is completely taken care of and it's going to be okay. I'm going to go to the bathroom because I really need to go, or I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to go catch up on sleep, whatever it might need to be. It's not just, oh, I am a horrible mom because whenever I'm not with my baby, I'm, I'm at work and that's just bad. Um, yeah. So Mm. I think it comes down to a little bit of, of kind of restructuring that thought process. Yeah. As soon as you said it out loud, I'm like, oh shit, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I, I heard this, um, I I heard this like quote somewhere recently and I was like, it really struck me because just about that whole thing of like, you have needs too. like the mom has needs too, and like to be the best mom possible to take care of your baby in the best possible way. Like you need to take care of yourself. Yes. Um, and what was the quote? It was something like, you know, as the mom, like your, your needs are so important too. Like, that's what it was. It was like, you, you have to meet like your needs. You have to take care of yourself. Like you are a very important piece of the, of the, of this puzzle. I think so many of us like just prioritize the needs of our baby and Mm -hmm. we're like, whatever this baby needs, like that is the most important thing. And it's like, Oh, actually no. Like I need to take care of myself too. I need to take a shower and I need to, I need to also like, I I mean work, like we, we've built these, a lot of us have built careers for ourselves over like so much time. It was so important to us. It's like, it's really hard to abandon. A hundred percent. And I, I also just resonate so deeply on the whole idea that you had mentioned of like, we need to be able to, to meet our needs, not even because some people say, well, I just feel selfish or that just seems like I don't need that, or it's not that big of a deal. Okay. So let me just break that down. The thing about that is if you want to even say, I love pouring into my children, 100%. It is all them. I am focused on them. This is a fleeting phase, etc. Okay. Valid. And also if you take care of yourself, you're going to be able to show up even better for them. And so mm-hmm. that is just something that I always have in the back of my mind that says, you know, do I have a little bit of guilt that might crop up about, Oh, I really wish that I didn't have to do this work task or, you know, log back into the computer or do this or do that. But you know what, whenever I'm, I'm taking care of that and causing, you know, all of these things to remove from my mental to-do list, then I can show up better to my kids when that's off my plate. So do you just kind of have to keep a little bit of that in mind too? Yeah. You're so, that's so true. The whole thing of like you saying like, oh, you feel selfish for doing like these things, like these quote unquote self-centered tasks, which are like, you know, work, what have you. It's, it's such a thing. And like, one thing I I also want to note before we move on is like, I don't think guys feel this in the Mm -mm. same capacity. Like my husband, I literally had a C-section on Friday. He was like back at work on Monday, like taking calls. He was doing it all from home. Like he didn't like leave. Right. But I was just like, (laughs) life gets completely turned up on its axis and and the mom has to 
catch all of the pieces. And I think it's just something that dads aren't really, it's not on their radar. It's not at all. I think there's so much that is a completely different guy rabbit hole that I could go down. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's then, not selfish for them. It's not considered selfish correct. for them. Like if anything, like their expectations are like, I need to work and provide mm-hmm. whatever. So You're that, right. that is totally, totally separate. Oh, that's rabbit like hardwired into the, like this traditional structure, right? That's hardwired mm-hmm. into our society. That's what we've seen labeled for us growing up in our homes. And so that's, that's definitely where it's coming from. Yeah. And I was thinking about this too. Like, if you think about it, like women didn't work for like centuries like this is kind of a new thing like only like the last couple generations have had to do this transition you know so it is all new and it is like kind of counter you know like we've I I don't know I think there's just like a lot of layers to why this is so hard um you know like I my even my grandma like my grandma like didn't go back to work you know like she was like a stay-at-home mom for a long time and she like that was what was normal so it's we're, we're like a newer generation figuring this shit out Absolutely. And I think it's true when it comes to just even seeing in that family, the generational changes that have happened. It's, we have created a society that largely requires two incomes. And so there's this constant heart and money problem that we're having. And I just think that we have to remove so much pressure and, and, and feeling like we're giving ourselves grace to say this isn't a result of us having bad finances or a result of us not prioritizing things like you have to take some of those pieces out of it because it's just a fact of life that back generationally they didn't have to deal with childcare payments that are the sizes of mortgages they they didn't have uh student loans that were you know larger than houses it's just it's just so different everything is so different so i i agree offering a little bit of grace um that this is kind of new but then we've also had this weird surge of mothers having to leave the workforce in the pandemic and then mothers trying to get back into the workforce. It's just been this up and down roller coaster for us all. For sure. For sure. And it's not like, it's not easy. It's and everybody's situation is different. It's, it's wild. Okay. So I want to get into, um, like the physical transition, like, okay, we're getting ready to return to work. Like, I remember being like, how does anybody do this? <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I was looking through like your site and I liked that you kind of like broke it down into like, you know, you got to transition your baby and you got to transition yourself. So I feel like let's start a transitioning baby. Like, obviously I think childcare is the big piece of the puzzle here. Like you're mm-hmm. going to, if you're going to think about returning to work, you need to think about childcare and right. having somebody else take over that, that piece for you. Um, and I mean, we could actually make an entire episode about like childcare. And I think I might, I've actually been like thinking about doing a whole episode on this, but anyway, yeah. when did you start looking for childcare? Is this something that you set up while you were um, pregnant? This is probably going to add stress or guilt to anyone hearing this. And that is not what I want to happen, but this is a structure and society problem and not them. So if they are struggling to piece together childcare, hear me with an open arm for hugs whenever I hear this or whenever Mm -hmm. I say this, Uh, you should probably be looking for childcare the minute that you pee on the stick. And that is because wait lists are running about 18 to 24 months behind for those infant rooms. And so there's just a nightmare when it comes to 
where are we going to do this? Are we going to, are we going to go the, the daycare route? Are we going to do a nanny? Are we going to look into what our family can do? There's, you know, obviously, like you had mentioned, this is a, a whole other uh, podcast in itself. But yes, um, I, I definitely am a fan of as soon as you possibly can start looking at that. And then what do you say to the moms who their baby is here, they're sitting on the couch and they're probably just started crying. <laughs> so yeah. what I would do for that is is take a deep breath. Uh, there are resources that are available um, from sort of like a federal level and a state level. So I would start researching things like um, child care resource and then your state. Um, and then oftentimes there's either like the Department of Health and Human Services or um, the, the, the child and like the division of labor. There's a couple different places where you can kind of get like a starting ground for if you are like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. And so you're just like Googling like daycares near me. <laughs> like there are some resources that can help work with you so that you're not doing that um, all on your, on yourself. Yeah. And I want anybody to anybody out there listening who's like, oh, my God, I didn't do that. I also didn't do that. Like I was that I was that person who I was holding the baby like a month after having the baby and being like, oh, I should probably start thinking about child. <laughs> right. None of us do that. None of us do that. Yeah. First time mom. We that's like a big thing is right. We're like we're looking at like our baby registry and we're making decisions about what color the nursery is going to be. And yes. no one tells us, by the way, what is your plan if you desire or you need to return to work financially? So like, yeah, it is it is not something that people are doing. I will say it is a lot better if you are in the point where you're saying, OK, I know I want more than one. Uh, oftentimes, you know, there are strategies. Waitlist offer sibling preferences and sibling discounts. So it's not like you're going to be reinventing the wheel. Um, but mm -hmm. if you haven't done the childcare stuff way in advance, gosh, girl, that is not at all your fault. Yeah. And I, guys, I, I think we're going to do a whole episode on this, um, because I've been there and I've had to like scramble and I've, I know a lot of, a lot of things you can do. Yeah. Um, but okay. Let's say you get your childcare set up because there, there's the setting it up and then there's the actually like doing it, <laughs> which are two totally different things. Do you have any tips for like getting adjusted into, mm -hmm. into that? Absolutely. So when it comes to this, some, especially if it's like more of a, an institutionalized daycare, like a, a, a traditional daycare setting, a lot of those forms are going to be expected and, and standardized. And so you're going to have like all of these intake forms for enrollment, for the feeding plan, for how does your baby like to be soothed? Like all of that stuff, like, yes, that's important. Uh, fill it out, turn it in, do the things. But when it comes to you actually getting to sort of craft this transition for yourself, I, I would recommend if you can at all possible staggering your transition. And so what that means is don't make your very first day back to work the very first day that the baby is adjusting to a caregiver, if possible. Now it can be done 150% of the time. This is more of like a hack or ways that it could be optimized uh, if it's possible for you to stagger. And I do go into um, some different options that you can do around that in a couple of my resources. Okay. Okay. So staggering is kind of, kind of a hack. What about like drop off tips and tricks? Because I think this is like, when I talk to my mom friends, like we're, I have a, a couple mom friends who were like just starting the daycare and it's like, the thing we talk about or like this is so 
hard to mm-hmm. drop off mm-hmm. your baby. Like it's just physically so hard and emotionally draining. She's like the baby's crying, I'm crying. It's 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 rough. Like any any tips around like just that drop off piece specifically. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to like the actual logistics that first day, right? So I want you to first know that emotions are totally going to be there. Even if you're thinking you're just rough and tough and this is going to be, I I can do this. I think we all kind of like boost ourselves up to say, okay, you can do this. You're going to be strong. And then it all comes crashing in. Uh, This happened for both uh, of my kids. And it's just one of those things where I just want you to just give yourself a pass, like let yourself cry. Uh, it's uh, like, stop thinking that the emotion is, is, uh, is like, you know, some red flag or, or that it's wrong. Okay. Like expect mm-hmm. your emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the actual logistics, uh, I would say, you know, there's some evidence out there to say that, you know, possibly, either driving the route at the time, whenever the traffic might be the same, like same time of day situation, practicing, um, just like that get ready routine. But then instead of going to daycare, you're going to a coffee shop. Um, there's a couple different things that you can do to kind of build that up. Like I usually kind of pretend like, like a sport, this is a muscle to build. It needs practice. It needs baby steps. And even if you're saying like, oh my gosh, I returned to work in three days. Like, I'm not going to have time to like do all of this. I want to say that's okay. Like, and plus we don't want to, we don't necessarily want to be wasting is a, is the best way that, you know, I put that in quotes, but that the easiest way to say this, we don't really want to be taking up time of our precious maternity leave. Like if you want to plop yourself on the couch and be binging some Netflix, like do that, like soak it in, do what you want. That's going to make you feel rested and connected. And that's the time for, for doing that. I don't want you to feel like, Oh my gosh, like I gotta be, I gotta be practicing. I gotta get out. Like those, those are types of things. Yes. In baby steps, but this doesn't have to happen like in some rigorous, crazy, uh, sort of orchestration. Yes, you can still have fun as a new mom, guys. If you want to kick back with a spritz, a spicy margarita, a seltzer, whatever your adult beverage is of choice, just make sure you chase it with some morning recovery from more labs. I love morning recovery and basically refuse to drink without it at this point. I just can't afford to feel like crap after a day or night of drinking when I have to parent the next day. So that's where this little proprietary blend of electrolytes and vitamins comes in handy. This formula helps speed up the breakdown of alcohol-induced toxins. All you have to do is drink one of these bad boys before or after you drink alcohol, and it will help rehydrate and restore lost nutrients so you can wake up ready to take on really whatever motherhood has in store for you. I have seen these sold actually individually in my local grocery shop now, which is awesome, but pro tip, just go and buy a box of these. (laughs) I'm telling you, I have several in my pantry and they do come in handy and I know that they will. Right now, if you go to their website, you can save 20% off when you use code BIGKID at morelabs.com slash BIGKID. Do not let rough mornings after drinking dampen the next day. Drink smarter with morning recovery and again, use that code BIGKID for 20% off your entire order at checkout. Cheers. Yeah. Can you like work with your employer? Like, would you say there's anything that you can like talk to your boss about like before coming in being like, look, I'm going to be navigating daycare drop offs. Like I might be coming in a little bit 
later. Like I might not be there at 9 a.m. on the dot. I might be there at 9.30. Like what, right. are there some things that you would recommend like talking to your employer about like before coming in? Yeah. So uh, in I have a return to work mini course and we kind of go through uh, some of the, the communication pieces that really should be happening. So that is definitely one of them. Um, extending just a you know, hey, I'm I'm on the way back. Here are some things. Um, if you are going to be navigating pumping, um, so going through what a schedule would look like, um, estimating your needs, asking for um, you know x amount of minutes, or um, it kind of this is a really a challenge to to navigate on such a superficial scale because every single workplace and every single job is going to be a little bit different when it comes to, you know, like the, the expectations, the hourly, the sour salary person, like there's just so many nuances to this, but on a global scale, right? Like you should be talking to your boss about any sort of pumping needs. You should be talking to them about any sort of, I might be late. I'm navigating daycare and it's okay to, to put either a time estimated to mm-hmm. it of when you can arrive or, Hey, I wanted to brainstorm this and give them a little bit of back and forth so that you guys come to an agreement. Again, it's, this comes down to that expectation piece of saying like, this is, these are the stressors that are coming up for me. And I just wanted to make them visible to you. Like, what are your thoughts? Where do we feel like is a reasonable, is a reasonable spot to land together? Yeah. I'm just curious, like personally, how long did it take you to feel like comfortable when you got back to work like you you had this shit down so I usually give uh and I actually returned myself at the end of May so like May 22nd um it's currently September 22nd gosh I did not so at the time of recording this uh May June July August September four months I want to treat usually how I treat it is there's like a fifth trimester. So like a a three month period where lots of grace is given, you're figuring out baby because guess what? You return to work and all of the crazy things happen. Sleep regressions, teething, they get their daycare Mm. cold. Like there's a million different things that are happening. So give yourself that three month buffer buffer to say, it's not like you're going to, um, and of course like phases and, different things are always going to be thrown at you. But like three months is truly like a protected time to me to say, I get a pass because I'm still navigating this transition. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to talk about, I use you, you mentioned it and we have to talk about it pumping. Cause I think um, for a lot of women, this is, this is a daunting part of the piece or, or this is a daunting piece of the puzzle too is like you know how maybe you're used to just breastfeeding normally and now you're going to a place where you're you have to learn how to pump or maybe you've been pumping but still like it's you're used to having your baby present I mean I didn't do this so but I've have heard like having your baby present is like a a way easier way to have your milk let down is that how they yep. is that how you say <laughs> um, and all of that do you have any do you have any pumping tips for like having to do this in an office? Yeah. So I would say, again, really just that the first time that you need to do this should not be whenever you're in your office. (laughs) The first time is that I would recommend, and I have a sort of like this no fuss return to work checklist of like general guidelines. And here's the thing. If you, if you look at that list and you're like, oh my gosh, I that, you know, that already passed or whatnot. Um, but, but basically just that at least once or twice you are turning on the pump, 
you're looking at the flanges, you're attaching them to yourself, you're making sure that you know how to work the parts, you know how to wash the parts. Um, it sounds really simple and basic, but I can touch, I can tell you after doing this twice, whenever you're just like figuring out the breastfeeding and doing the whole like sleepless nights and, and juggling like the chaos of a newborn, you don't want to touch a pump with a 10 foot pole. At least that's how it is for me. Like that mm-hmm. I can tell you as, and I obviously all feeding journeys are going to be so unique, but both times as a breastfeeding mom, a breastfeeding and pumping mom. Uh, I still hate pumping. <laughs> I will do it, but I still hate it. So I, I also think you should hold a little bit of space for the fact that it's just, it's hard to get yourself to actually do it. But once you do, it's kind of like taking that first step. Um, I think that that is like really like hurdle number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've heard like certain things can help, like it bringing pictures or like watching videos of yeah. your baby. Um, where are you doing this too? Like where, where, I mean, I, I think most offices have to have a mm-hmm. place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, so I, yeah, definitely. So based on, on, you know, laws in, that are in place, there's um, the uh, Fair Labor Standards Act that's, that's older. And then the Pump Act actually was just put out in 2023. So um, taking a look at some of those guidelines, basically the long story short is, a, a workplace is required to have a dedicated place for pumping that is one shielded from view and two not a bathroom. Um, mm. So that those are the two like main things, and I am dumbing that down to like the nth degree and really like watering this into a a place where I would certainly recommend that you're going to need a little bit more details. But those are the two main things that you can say 100% this is covered by law. I should not be pumping in a bathroom and I need a place that is protected from view. Um, So there's a lot of gray area around locks. There's a lot of gray area around um, should I be working through pumping and those types of things. So that is all sort of like something I would recommend getting a little bit more support on. Um, But those are the two main takeaways. And then also there's the the gray area of work from home, right? Like uh, we're all doing so many unique sort of setups these days. Yeah. Which I want to get into that. Yeah. two in a second um one one tip I think I saw on your site that I thought was really good is to like have a, a spare change of clothes yes um, for yourself you plan on <laughs> yeah if you plan on pumping in the office like I think that's that's probably really smart and having like spare parts of the um pump handy yes so do you recommend just getting like a completely second pump or just having separate parts okay so speaking f- from we all are so strapped with all of the new baby products financially, right? Like the new gear, the new, like it's a million different things that you're like, I didn't expect on spending money on this, but now you do. Um, I recommend definitely gra- grabbing just an, an, an entire extra set of those pump parts, not a second pump, but just basically all of the pieces for like the flanges, the tubing, the duck bills, the valves, like everything that is not your actual pump, I would recommend having a second set and just put it in a, in a bag and have it at where you where your workplace is, whether that's working from home or whether that's in the office, because I can't tell you how many times uh, when I was fully in the office in the hospital that I would forget a pump part. I'd be running around. My chest is getting fuller. I'm getting more stressed. And then I'm crying because I don't know what to do. Um, it's, it, it will happen. It can happen. Um, it, and it's, it sucks. And it's, it's not, you will make it through, but that is one thing is if you can, please pack an extra set. I also love keeping a burp cloth. Like if you're not going to do like a whole, uh, like outfit change, um, definitely at least 
keep one shirt always available, like one extra shirt somewhere and a burp cloth. I like to lay a burp cloth across my legs because whenever you're like taking off all of these pump parts and things are dripping, it's just, yeah, yeah, that helps. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking too, I think back to like when I worked in an office and uh, my friend who like worked next to me, like in the cubicle next to me, she had a baby and like I was in my 20s at the time and I remember when she came back from maternity leave and like her having to pump and I feel so guilty for saying this out loud. I never I never voiced this, but I remember thinking like, God, she takes a lot of breaks. Like she like is always on break. I never said it out loud, but now like looking back, I'm like, oh my God, like this poor, you know, like <laughs> poor unfortunate soul. <laughs> yeah. Like literally this is not a break. This is absolutely not a break. And I, I, on that note, like how do you deal with, you know, maybe dealing with some people in the office who like make comments or like don't understand what this is like, because I'm sure that is a thing. Yeah. And this is matching your frustration and your, um, your feelings like that. Of course, if someone's going to say something to you, um, first off, like we're going to get to like how you, at the time, whenever you were in the other scenario, you're like, gosh, she just takes forever. I'm going to get to that. But, um, yeah, it, it, it all comes down to you're pinning each other against like what the other person is seeing as like, oh, she's not working like ever. And then the other person, whenever a, a comment comes up, that's, that's hurtful. That's stressful. You're already feeling bad because it's like this extra thing that you have to squeeze into the course of your work day. Right. So I like to think of this as your time and your energy. So what do I have time and energy to like escalate? So like if someone has a snide comment, I usually just number one, I'm just kind of like going to roll, roll it off my shoulders. It's not a sure. It's not fun to hear, but if it's a one-time thing, because exactly like you're saying, this is a culture issue or a knowledge gap. Okay. So mm-hmm. take it from there. Like it, it has to do with the fact that they don't know. They probably don't know, or they probably have been like under this perception that something different is happening and they, they just don't know. So that's where I like to go with it. So one time pass, you know, okay, that, that was rude, but I'm just going to keep it going. Cause I don't have time and energy. Right. Uh, but look for a pattern. If you're seeing that there's a pattern that's happening, that is at the point where you start saying to yourself, okay, I know that I have rights for this. I know that this is my feeding plan. I'm sticking to this. These are, these are my values. And if you feel like it needs escalated, you can either have a conversation with that person to say, Hey, I just, I know it just, you might not realize it, but this is actually like something that I have to do for my body or else I could even get sick from it. Like I've, I, when I returned to work my first, I ended up with mastitis because I didn't have enough time and dedicated space to pump. Um, and so a lot of people don't even understand that. Like it is truly a bodily function. And I like to kind of tell people too, this is like kind of just like a little quick pass, but like when people are very clearly like, you just don't understand what's happening here. I'm like, imagine if you had to hold your pee. Would that suck? Would it would it suck if you had to hold your pee very long and you had to pee? Like that is something that everyone understands what that feeling is like. So mm. that's kind of like where I'm like, okay, like it has to happen. <laughs> and that's something that we just need to realize. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Um, send them this episode. If somebody's giving you shit in your office, be like, listen to this episode. Like people don't understand how much extra work on top of like you already have a workload that you have to do. And now you're adding so many layers physically and emotionally and mentally, like trying to figure out all of this stuff. Like any woman going back to work is a freaking warrior. 
Yes. You know, like it is, it's crazy. And I think you're right. Like, I think a big piece of it is just the knowledge gap. People making these comments. Oh my God. My other, the other comment I hear is like when people refer to maternity leave as like your vacation. vacation. Like, you, yeah, you're like, <laughs> are you kidding? I don't know what kind of vacations you've been on. But this is not it. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, usually my snap back to that is, uh, I don't know if you've ever planned your entire life and schedule around an every two to three hour basis, but that's kind of what I've been doing through the night too. So yeah, it's not really yeah. an, it's not really the vacation, very worth it, uh, of course, but I think it is. It takes a little bit of reality that people are like, what? There's a baby that eats every two to three hours. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or more, <laughs> more, you know, <laughs> let's yeah. not even get into the fact that it, it could be even more frequent than that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So true. Yeah. Okay. I want to, I want to, we talked about it for a second earlier, but I, I, let's talk about working from home because I mean, maybe that's like the only good thing that has come out of the uh, pandemic as I think that this is like much more accessible to people, um, people who can work from home, people who can work remotely. Um, I've been doing it for mm-hmm. since before it was cool. <laughs> um, <OG. laughs> I'm an OG uh, work from home kind of girly. Um but that all of that is to say that it's still really hard. Like I, I think I had um, false expectations where I'm like, oh, I'm going to be working from home. Like, you know, the baby's going to be napping. I can hop on and get things done like in between, like a, especially like a newborn who sleeps like a lot. And like I didn't realize like, oh, my God, no. Like when this baby is sleeping, like you there's so many other things that you're trying to do and like get done. And then they're like awake and it's just it's it's a mess. It's yeah, a mess. So it um. And just getting your brain back into work mode. Like I, I, you know, it's just, it's impossible. (laughs) Or at least it feels impossible at the time. Like you, you're, you're thinking so much about this little human that you need to take care of and keep alive. And then you're like, wait, I need to send an invoice. Like what? Like I just, it's really, really hard. Do you have any tips for our work from home uh, mamas out there? Absolutely. Or wait, let me re-say that. Do you have any tips for our work from home moms out there who are struggling? Yeah. So first things first, the pandemic, I think really, I know that you're like, OG oh, work from home, but like the pandemic really opened this Pandora's box where we are suddenly under the expectation that we should be able to handle of a job, whether that is for a company or whether that is solo work, entrepreneurial, anything of the sort. If you are doing an activity that is income generating, it is a challenge to take care of a, of a child on top of that. So mm-hmm. let's just like put that blanket statement out there that some people really do find that it like they enjoy that, like that balance and that like integration. And yeah, like, you know, my child is a good napper and I can focus like and blah, 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 like sure, you know, more power to you. But also let's just be careful around that expectation because those are two jobs that you're actively doing and that's wiring your brain to constantly be multitasking. So that is step number one is the whole like childcare piece to this, right? So secondly, and and just as a side piece, like both of my kids go to daycare because of that. Um, I work from home a majority of, of the time. I do still, I'm, I have a hybrid role, so I'm in office sometimes. Um, but I just want to be like very clear that even like my family members are like, oh, great. You, I'm so glad you got that job from home. Now you you 
can save on daycare. Mm -mm, It doesn't work like that for me. I need to be able to be doing what I need to do. Right. Um, So that's number one. And number two, whenever you're Googling, right, like you're saying like what to like how to optimize work from home, it's going to say things like compartmentalize and time block, make sure you're working in a dedicated space. So blah, blah, blah. Like all of that is like really helpful. I do think, you know, taking that with a grain of salt is great. However, I find it best to kind of figure out what tasks in my day are going to be what basically what location I'm going to be working. So I know when a certain task is a take from the couch task or a kitchen table or my, my dedicated desk, like it, it just being really clear about like that, it's going to allow you a little bit of flexibility. It's going to allow you to feel as though you can stay focused on a certain task and say, Oh, that definitely needs the desk. Um, or you can chill and like enjoy a little bit of that flexibility from the couch. That's a good way. That's a good way to think about it for sure. Um, and I like that you mentioned like, yes, you still need uh, childcare if you're working from home, because I think I fought that for a while. I'm also like cheap as hell. I was like, I don't want to pay for childcare. Like, I, and especially in my line of work where like, I don't make it like I, I go through spurts and I constantly kind of have to hustle, like making money. So I'll be working for like a month. Like if I'm like doing podcast recordings, whatever it is, and I'm not making any income. Um, until like later down the road. So I'm like, I don't want to be spending money on childcare mm-hmm. when I'm not like making Matching money. It. Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, and maybe I can just, maybe I can just juggle both. And yeah. like, it's, it's really, it's not. And thing. I'll, like, I'll tell you the money <laughs> so on the, hard. like the mismatch on that is not a, a, a problem that is isolated to you. Like that is huge, a huge crisis right now. Um, and so I don't think that it's a measure of how much income you can bring in. I think it's a matter of like, like I said, I think it's a society problem with like the, like the, the, the true like childcare crisis that we're going through. But I'll say you just have to, um, one of the things that I found really helpful for those sort of like gray area is trying to either find like nanny shares or checking out like local Facebook groups sometimes have like really good um, ways care.com or other sort of websites can be okay but you have to pay a fee again like in this like cheap as hell category like I I, <laughs> I, I relate and so it's just one of those things where um, you have to get a little bit like uh, creative with those sort of in-between plans um, and then there are some areas that do like either drop-in care or um, like just like a few hours of time or even just like park play dates like there's just a couple different things that are possible but I completely agree it's such a challenge to find where that is gonna you know line up especially for moms who might not need like the full-time care like part-time care is even harder I just want to say solidarity to that yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I fall I fall into is part-time care. And that's actually where I started is just having like a babysitter come like 2 days a week who would stay for like 5 hours and I'm like, "Okay, I know during those 2 5-hour windows I can be at my desk, I can be working." Mm-hmm. Um and that was helpful. But I I say all this just to say like making that investment even if you're not like making the income is it's making an investment in yourself and even just like having those hours to like go to the gym like I would definitely squeeze in like a gym visit in 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 between those five-hour windows too or like do something for myself um is so so important and yeah it's just there's I I swear guys I'm really gonna come back with a full episode on childcare things because it's definitely a larger topic we need to talk about yeah um but before I let you go because I'm looking at the time and I'm like oh crap um but one thing I wanted to talk to you about and especially like this time of year because it is like we are we are entering 
flu season. And this is like something that like really freaks me out, um, you know, with childcare and, um, you know, for anybody who is in daycare, it's kind of, you know, everybody's seen the memes like where it's like, uh, it's so funny, like giving half your income to a daycare just to like get every disease in return. (laughs) Um, and I know you have some, you have some, um, guides and stuff on your, on your website. Um, uh, you have a whole sick day guide. And I was interested if you could kind of give us maybe like a little taste of what's in that, Mm -hmm. um, or like any tools around like navigating sick days. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, um, I usually like to break this down as well. So I, inside of there is, uh, sort of chapters. If so you basically going through what you're going to be doing for addressing that acute, like sick problem, right? Like obviously you're going to be taking care of your kid and then you're going to be adjusting, uh, your work. So that's another bucket. And then the third piece to that is, your support system, your, your communication. I basically provide some communication templates of going through sort of those like really problem, uh, like one-to-one issues that like, for example, with the spouse, like who's going to miss the work. Um, so like the sore spots there, the, the sore spots with the boss, like, oh gosh, like I am dreading talking to my employer about this, you know, yada, Yada. Or um, even just like the, the the babysitter, like the whole like the navigation of what we're going to do to figure out like this logistical piece. I have some communication templates there. So um, and then I am a pharmacist. So this sort of a mashup between like what I would recommend in terms of escalating your care. Like what is something that you can tackle at home, uh, but they do need to stay home when uh, they need to be seen in terms of, okay, well, should I reach out and at least call my pediatrician? Or of course you should call your pediatrician anytime that you you feel like it's in your mom gut and you're concerned. Like that is like the first basically intro page is actually the science behind mom gut, which is like, it's, it's a true thing. Intuition is very <laughs> real and scientific and it's fascinating. Um, but yeah, like, so going through that and then also knowing like what care is going to match up best for your child. So like, even just like it's, it has like recommended medication stuff that you should keep there. Uh, it has, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to, to think, um, it has a, a list of, uh, the most common illnesses, like basically like, oh, baby has a rash and now we've decided that it's hand, foot, mouth. Like now what do I do? Like those types of things. Um, they are each kind of broken down into sort of like those really common like daycare bugs. Um, but then also like how to navigate work and like when to, um, communicate what ways, what what channels to communicate, whether that's over the phone, is it text messaging, is it email, here's an email template, like those types of things. It's basically like a one-stop shop for like, this is going to happen. Like that is like the blanket recommendation that I would have is it's going to happen. Okay. It sucks and it's going to happen. But any mom who is feeling guilty or feeling sad because their, their kid is sick 100% of the time, Yes. Once again, an expectation thing. Uh, They have very developing little to no immune system, right? So we're building it. The way to build that is to continue with that practice and that exposure. And so they're basically putting in, you're you're investing into a bank that's going to pay off based on like true evidence around that like school age. So like that six to seven, eight year old is whenever we're going to start to see that things are going to not necessarily like it. They, I will say like my, my oldest is like three and a half, like, and it's already like very, very improved. Um, but like school age, like it's, you're paying off now, but it sucks. Cause you're mm-hmm. in this and you're in this, in this investment season. So that's, that's one thing to think about. Yeah. When it comes to like the work stuff and, and I haven't been in an office in a, in a while, 
But are you like if your baby is, you know, you wake up and your baby has a fever and you can't send them to daycare or you can't have, you know, child care for them that day. Do you have to take a full vacation day or like can you work it out with your employer where you're like, I'll work from home. Um, but I, I do need to stay home or mm-hmm. whatever it is. That's definitely going to depend on the nature of work that people are in. Uh, I'll say for, and just like for me personally, I really can't. Um, it kind of depends. The The nature of work that I do as a pharmacist that works from home, I am on the phone with patients making phone calls. Uh, and and talking with them about their medication. I'm recommending and educating, um, you know, on different sort of medications, talking to their provider about it, um, kind of matching them up on on all of all of the plans for their medicines. And so I really just can't have a crying, fussy child that's in the background. Um, so just kind of remove a little bit of that guilt if you're also like uh, someone who has like, like, face to camera, like you have to be like doing something that requires either, um, you know, focus or quietness or those types of things. Like it is really challenging to get that type of work done. There are times where if you're not in a position um, that is like a true, like that's your schedule and it's a requirement where you might be able to work out with your boss that like, okay, I'm going to work from home, but these are the tasks that I am going to be accomplishing. And by the end Mm. of the week, you'll have your, like, you'll have your draft or you'll have your product or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's a good, a good tip. Hopefully. I mean, that's like maybe another thing that's come out of this pandemic as people just have like more awareness of germs like I feel like when I worked in an office like it was almost expected like if you were sick you still came into the office unless you were like dying (laughs) and now I don't think that that is that is a thing anymore I think now people are like if you have sick or exposure like stay your ass home so hopefully (laughs) for most people um who are listening maybe that's the case maybe you'll have a little bit more grace uh than it was you know pre-pandemic I hope so um yeah, I hope so too. Um, we got, we're wrapping up here. Um, I did want to kind of go back. I know we mentioned it like at the beginning of this episode, but like maybe a way to close out is like for anyone who is struggling at work or feels like they are trying to work and mom and maybe like they're both of those roles are suffering. Like, do you have any like words of wisdom for anybody who feels that way? I have a really, really big hug and I do have <laughs> some words of wisdom. Them, but honestly, I think it comes down to mindset. It's going to be very fluffy. And I think moms are wanting like tangible strategies. We can get into the tangible strategies another time and, and going through like that division of labor and like what is on your on your plate and those types of things. But when I'm speaking to your emotions, I just need you to hear that there are going to be bad days. It is going to be freaking hard. And a bad day doesn't mean that it's going to last forever. And I had a bad day actually just two or three days ago. I mean, like, you know, crying, um, feeling like I'm feeling, feeling like I can't do, do it all. Like what is happening? Those types of things. I think even experts at whatever sort of work-life balance or what have you, they're going to have bad days. Everyone is going to have a bad day. And so I think just having that like to hold tight to and to cry and do the things, go to sleep and then wake up and say, you know what? Today is a new day. And that's really the only way that I know to like put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Put one foot in front of the other. I like that. That's kind of been like my motherhood mantra in general. Yeah. It's just like, just keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Keisha. Well, thank you so much for, um, 
all your insight, all this info that you've given us today. If anybody wants to find more from you, where can we find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on mostly Instagram for any sort of social media world is at career.meets.mama. And my website is careermeetsmama.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. And guys, thanks for bumping along with us. (laughs) Bye.